Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, and in this episode, I'm talking financial wellness. I'll be unpacking what a successful money mindset looks like, sharing personal tips on how I became debt-free, and steps you can take, no matter how much money you make, to improve your financial well-being. So let's jump into it. 25 years. It has been 25 whole years, a quarter of a century. How does that make you feel? Uh, Since Biggie released Mo Money, Mo Problems, that track came out in the summer of 1997. I will never forget um, going into my sophomore year at Florida A&M University and that track coming out. Man, the memories, the nostalgia. But I want to talk about the message in Mo Money, Mo Problems. And there is a direct relationship between the amount of money you have and your emotional and physical well-being. Um, folks that have a lot of money, oftentimes those problems follow. We see people getting rich, then getting sued. People getting rich, then getting a divorce. People getting rich and making bad business decisions, splurging. Especially, uh, you know, we see a lot of young athletes, maybe they never had money before, then they get a lot of money and they end up having more problems because of more money. Conversely, uh, the stress and the problems come when you have less money or no money. You know, when you are struggling to pay rent, um, when you are struggling to just keep your head above water. I can personally tell you I have been faced with some very tough financial decisions in my life. I've shared on this podcast before how when I was a young single mother and my lights got cut off and I remember boiling water to give my sons a bath and lighting candles around the house. I remember getting eviction notices and my car being repossessed. And when you have money problems, whether you have a lot of money or a little bit of money, it really puts a lot of stress on your body. It puts a lot of stress on your spirit. And oftentimes when folks are thinking about getting healthy, you know, losing weight or maintaining a healthy weight, or even gaining weight for folks who are underweight. We focus primarily on, well, what should I eat? You know, what kind of exercises should I do? While all along overlooking what could be the root of the issue, not managing your money, and then your body taking on the stress that comes along with the money problem. So I wanted to do a little something different in this episode and talk specifically about money. I have learned so many lessons about money, and today I am proud to say that I am a debt-free millionaire. I have a net worth of $1 million. Look at me putting all my business out on this podcast just five years ago from today. So it's 2022, just five years ago, I had a negative net worth. And no, I didn't get lucky with Bitcoin. I didn't flip real estate. I just made some really good choices, and I betted on myself. And That's going to be the primary focus of today's conversation. But first, I want to share some stats about how money impacts your health. Researchers found that money is an emotional trigger regardless of age or gender. So you black, you white, you young, you old, you got money problems, it's affecting your health. A 2018 Harris poll found that money was a major source of stress for 44% of respondents. That's almost half. The specific causes included low income, the rising cost of health care, too much debt, and lack of retirement saving. 
Uh, yeah, how much you got saved for retirement? <laughs> you probably like, girl, what is that? And feeling beaten down by money worries can adversely impact your sleep, self-esteem, and energy levels. Man, I can recall so many times I lost sleep over money problems uh, up at night, not being able to settle my mind because I was worried about how I was going to pay an important bill or get from under the pile of debt that I was in. Being in debt impacts your relationships, your mood. It leaves you feeling angry, ashamed, fearful. It can fuel tension and arguments, mood swings. It can even increase your risk of depression and anxiety. And think about this, money problems and what it does to your body. And we see this so much. Physical symptoms of stress, migraines, insomnia, anxiety. And then financial distress, it makes it difficult to afford recommended health maintenance practices, right? So, you know, if you are having to choose between uh, buying groceries and going to the doctor, a lot of people find themselves faced with those tough decisions. And then even if you don't have the money and you really need to go to the doctor, you're going to have to go to a hospital, an ER, a primary care physician for whatever your issue is. And then how do you pay the bill? Um, You don't, right? And then what does that lead to? Dings on your credit report. Now you can't buy a home. You can't buy a car, you know? And so there's this just cycle over and over again. So here's my question. Can getting out of debt better money management, more streams of income, help you lose weight and live healthier? Possibly, and especially if your dominant source of stress is rooted in problems with your finances. So what I am going to do is share some of the things that have worked for me in terms of getting out of debt, becoming a homeowner, uh, creating multiple streams of income, Finally, being able to contribute to my retirement plan. I didn't get to do that until I was in my 30s. And, uh, you know, I believe that no matter where you are in your finances, you can turn your situation around. A lot of it has to do with mindset, determination, uh, those daily efforts to improve your finances. So keep in mind, this is not advice. This is insight. Some of these strategies may work for you. Others may not. But I do believe at least one of them will resonate and make your situation a little bit better than it already is. So my very first step was the hardest of them all. It was actually looking at my spending habits. A lot of times people think they have an income problem. I don't have enough money to buy this and that. I don't have enough money to invest. I don't have enough money to save. But these same people will go out to eat every night Get that $8 cup of coffee on the way to work. Go shopping online. Got a closet full of clothes, probably still with the tags on them. I'm so guilty of that. And so um, I finally buckled down and faced myself. I really didn't want to do this first step because I knew that I was doing damage. But to actually look at it, it was hard. But I needed to know where my money was going. See, because when you're in debt, you bury your money. But when you are debt free, you get to plant your money. You get to watch your money grow. So I knew that I had a choice. I can watch my money die or I can watch my money grow. And I don't know about you, but I'm all about living. And so, oh, my gosh, when I (laughs) when I pulled up my bank statements, you know, the main account where I was spending most of my money It was just crazy. I was basically spending a car note every month on smoothies. Uh, I was shopping way too much online. 
I had auto drafts for subscriptions that I wasn't even using and I wasn't paying attention to any of this. I was not mindful of it at all. And I finally came to the awareness that this was my issue. This was the thing that was blocking me and keeping me in the hole, stressing me out, making me feel overwhelmed. My spending was out of control. You may know already from listening to this podcast or if you follow me on social media, I have a background in radio. I've been doing radio for two decades. And uh, when I go to the radio station in downtown Atlanta, there's this huge digital billboard and it changes every day. And it talks about the average amount of debt that each person in the U.S. has, the average amount. And uh, every morning I've been driving by it lately, it's been around the 90000 something dollar range. And now that I'm debt free, when I see that number, it just gives me anxiety. And it's not even my debt. I just can only imagine how people feel knowing that they are buried up under that. I think about all of the dreams that the people with that amount of debt have uh, to own a house, to be able to travel, uh, to be able to do things for their loved ones, to get medical procedures that they need, or just to buy the basic life necessities. Having that much debt can make a person feel helpless. And I don't know about you, but when I find myself super overwhelmed, sometimes I just want to throw everything in the garbage and say, bump it. I'm just going to keep on spending. And that's actually what ends up happening to people. They say, well, I'm just going to have this debt. I might as well just go ahead and let it go and just let it accumulate and folks will figure it out after I die. And that is just a horrible mindset to have. Think about what you're leaving for your family and think about your day to day. It's still something that is going to be on your mind. Uh, So I believe that even though it may be hard and you know it's going to be difficult to look at, pull your bank statements, pull your credit card statements whatever you're using to spend money every month and look at where your money is going. We see so much on social media about folks, you know, flipping houses and investing in cryptocurrency and this is and that's and people who are in debt and are trying to make money fast or figure out more ways to bring in income. They naturally want to go straight to this investment step, right? Uh, Because it's very attractive. It's appealing because You know, you're looking at other people making investments and it's working out for them. And you may be thinking, well, that's what I need to do. If I if I make this investment, I'll get out of debt. I can use the money that I make from the investment and pay off this debt and put myself in a better financial situation. I do think that is a practical way of thinking. But the most important thing that people overlook is the fact that you're not changing your habits. You're not addressing the behavior that got you in the hole in the first place. So when I talk about getting out of debt, you know, a lot of my friends that are really big on investing and using debt to build wealth, because there is a strategy to do that. I believe it's an advanced strategy, but I am one that believes in the basics. Do not spend more than what you have. And if what you have is not enough to pay for the things that you need, figure out how to make more money, right? First step, what are you spending your money on? Most of the time, people are overspending on things that they don't need, or there's money going out that you're not aware of. Like I said, those subscriptions that you may have signed up for, $10 here, $5 there, $30 here. I had a subscription on one of my bank statements for monthly car washes, and I'm like, I don't get my car washed enough to pay $35 a month uh, subscription. 
So there are things that are happening inside of your bank account. There may be things that are not legit that you're being charged for that you shouldn't be. So you should make a practice, I believe, at least monthly to look at your account statements, but definitely don't go more than a quarter just spending money. If you are overspending, it is very important from the very beginning to stop the bleeding, okay? Say a house is on fire. Fire department comes. What's the first thing they do? They pull out the hose and they're trying to put out the fire. They're not investigating the source of the fire while the fire is happening. They're trying to put the fire out. So it's very important that you do things in order. Stop the bleeding. Stop overspending. Evaluate where your money is going, And I think that that's going to give you a lot of insight. It is going to give you a lot of power. It is going to make you more aware about the choices that you make. And most importantly, it is going to free up some money. Because if you engage in better spending habits, if you look and say, "Mm, I'm kind of spending too much money eating out, or I'm, I'm kind of turning up when I get on Amazon, you know, in the middle of the night and I'm bored. What if I took that money and I used it to pay off my credit card debt a little bit faster or put a little something extra on the principal of my car note because I got a really high interest rate there. Making those kind of decisions could help improve your financial situation and improve your relationship with money. So now that you have pulled your bank statements, your credit card statements, and you are looking at where your money is going, what is the next step? Well, I can tell you what I did. I went ahead and I started categorizing all of my expenses There are most certainly fixed expenses um, that I have to allocate money for every month, right? Got to pay that cell phone bill. Got to pay your mortgage. Uh, If you have a car note, if you have student loans, you have fixed debt, that is something that is pretty much going to stay the same. So that's in one category. Uh, And then you have like those variable expenses. Maybe you have a bundled package and you're not using everything in that package when it comes to your streaming service and your cable. Uh, Maybe you can scale that down and save some money. So put those variable expenses in a different category. And then lastly, you know, you're going to have to shred some things that just don't make sense. Uh, If you're overdoing it, eating out, uh, I don't believe in, you know, stopping cold turkey or not enjoying uh, a nice meal at a restaurant or, you know, something that just really tastes good to you. But if you're doing it every single day and you don't necessarily need to, if you could save money buying groceries and eating at home, then I think that that's a pretty good option, especially if you have debt. So when you pull all of those credit card statements, those bank statements, look at all of your expenses and start putting them in categories based on priorities. Now, after you get this information, this data, I believe there's going to be one of two outcomes. Number one, you're going to realize that you don't have an income problem. You actually have a spending problem. You're going a little bit overboard and you can use the money that you're wasting every month you know, on things that don't matter, things that aren't aligned with your goals. You can use that money to either pay down debt, save, or invest, or a combination of three, depending on how much you realize you have left over. Um, You know, some people have really good jobs, and then they look up at the end of the month, and they're like, why am I broke all the time? Maybe you're hanging out with your homies on the weekend too much, and you're buying everybody rounds, or again, shopping, or eating out too much. So, Uh, You got to decide how important your financial goals are. And if they are important to you, if financial freedom is important to you, being able to move the way you want to move, not tolerate uh, working at a job that doesn't make you happy just for the money, you need to put that at the top of mind to keep you motivated to pay down any debt, to save and to invest. Many people 
realize that they actually have enough money to put a little extra on that debt if they reallocate those funds. Now, the other outcome could be that you're looking at everything and there isn't any wiggle room. Yeah, you know, after you put all of those things in categories and you cut away some of the, you know, wasteful spending, you determined how to, like I said, stop the bleeding, overspending, um, putting yourself into more debt, you realize that even at your break-even point, you are still in the hole. So if this is your outcome, that means that you need to figure out how to make more money. This could mean getting a job that pays you more money. It could also mean creating more income streams. And that is the route that I took. I was option number two. I wasn't making enough money to pay down debt, save and invest. And even when I cut down wasteful spending, the amount I had left over wasn't really enough to put a dent into all of the debt that I had. So for me, I said, you know what, Maria, you need to figure out how to make more money. And so here's the step where it starts to get a little complicated. Making more money, what does that mean? You get a second job working at a fast food restaurant. You do the ride share driver thing. You figure out how to start your own business. Well, there's no one specific answer. It varies from person to person. I can tell you that uh, when it comes to creating more streams of income, one of the biggest lessons I learned is you have to not care what other people think. Listen, I would take gigs selling printers at CompUSA back in the day. I would, oh my gosh, I would do admin work. I would do graphic work on the side. I've been doing side hustles my entire radio career, you know, over the past 20 years. Now, it wasn't until the last five years or so that I got really serious and started a business and made the side hustle make sense and supplementing my nine to five. But I think it's just really about embracing the mindset of what does it take to bring more money into this household? Uh, what can I do? What time do I have? What special skill do I have? What idea can I sell? Can I turn into a creation that creates more financial opportunity for me so that I can get out of debt, so that I can save and invest, right? Those are the big three we're talking about. There's a quote that says, you don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to get started to be great. I want to talk specifically uh, about people who have these great ideas, but you're waiting for circumstances to be perfect before you make a move on that idea, before you start that business or you put yourself out there. And I think that is one of the biggest mistakes that people can make. When I started my business, I worked with what I had. And I have way more now than I had five years ago. But I had to have the confidence in knowing that what I had to offer was valuable and that people would pay for it. I believe that anything can be sold. I believe an idea can be sold, a product can be sold. There are billions of people on this planet, millions and millions and millions in the United States alone. And OMG, there's at least a thousand people out there that you can convince to buy your product or service. I would have never thought back then that I'd be where I am today. And I am here because I went ahead and put myself out there. I moved on an opportunity. I had the confidence in my skill set and what I had to offer. And so when I started my online fitness program, I had 60 people sign up for my monthly challenge and I only charged $15. So I gave them a nutrition guide, a workout guide, and then I started a Facebook support group. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a fancy member portal login here. I didn't have a fancy website or anything like that back then. Uh, but people just knew that 
Uh, I was a personal trainer. I just did a bodybuilding competition. So there was credibility there. And I had so many people asking me about a fitness program. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and put one together. And I was so proud of myself because I made $750. You can get a luxury car uh, with a $750 payment, uh, depending on your interest rate. But you can also take that $750 and invest it. You can save it. You can use it to pay down debt. It is really important that you put yourself out there, even if you think you're not 100% ready. Figure out ways to start making more money right away because when you get a taste of that, it helps you build momentum. So I want to go a little bit deeper into this. Think right now about that one thing that someone is always asking you questions about. They're coming to you for advice about what? For me, you know, it's coming to me for advice about fitness, how to lose weight. For you, they may have questions about how organized you are or how good you cook. Maybe you're a great writer. So what I've learned is that we all have these special skill sets and I have seen it all, okay? I know a woman who teaches a course on how to sell pastries and different treats. She does these... um, these candy coated apples. And she has made tens of thousands of dollars every month teaching people how to do it and actually selling the treats herself. I know someone who has a whole course on how to understand Excel spreadsheets. You know how people are trying to put their formulas together, whether you're creating a budget, you're just trying to figure out how to make Excel do what you want it to do. I know another person who is really great at braiding hair. I follow this girl on social media. She is so good with knotless braids and her content is so engaging. So she decided to start her own course. It's a self-guided course, so she's already created it. She doesn't have to do any more work to it. All she does is promote it on her social media, but she teaches other women in the beauty industry, salon owners, stylists, how to do knotless braids and she zooms in on the roots and shows you what kind of edge control gel to use, how to part, how to make nice, neat knotless braids. And she's making good money doing it in addition to being a stylist uh, and braider herself. I know another mom who is really passionate about making sure that Children don't spend too much time on electronic devices. And from her own experiences as a mother and how she limits the time her kids are on social media and how she has learned herself about the dangers of social media, she started a whole course for parents to navigate your children being on social media, making sure that it's safe, making sure their time on social media is both fun and productive. There are so many great ideas that can be monetized. You have valuable insight. You have a valuable talent, a valuable skill that someone is willing to pay you for. And I am here in your ear right now to plant the seed. You know you do. There is something that keeps you up at night, something that you're really passionate about. Maybe you're not doing it every single day, but you could see yourself doing it. And you love it so much that you would probably do it for free, but we're not going to do that right. You're going to charge for your talent and your time because you are worth it. But making more money, getting out of debt and working towards eliminating the stress associated with money so that your money is not being thrown away on bad decisions and your health is not at risk because of your money problems, it requires you to have an awareness. It requires you to take action. And awareness and action are two things that are absolutely free. It is a way for you to take back your power. 
And I know you can do it because I did it. I was in the hole. I had a negative net worth. I was calling family members in my early 30s. Still didn't have my finances together. I was being evicted. My car was being repossessed. I was on food stamps. I was on food stamps in my early days as a radio personality. No one would have known. I have experienced so much financial hardship in my life, but now I am living in overflow. I can help others. I can enjoy new experiences because I made good financial decisions years ago. At the beginning, when I started my business, just three weeks ago, my husband and I, we got on a plane on an early Saturday morning to see my aunt in Detroit. She's living there alone. She's elderly. And we wanted to see her for her birthday. You know, she's one of the oldest living members of our family. And we wanted to physically be with her on her birthday. So we flew to Detroit. We picked up my Aunt Deborah. We took her out to get a nice steak dinner, spent $500 on dinner. You know, took her back home, hung out in the neighborhood. And the very next morning, we got on a plane and flew back to Atlanta. Some people have to save and plan for stuff like that. Starting my business while maintaining my nine to five allowed me to be so aggressive with my debt. People ask me all the time, well, how did you get to a million dollar net worth? A lot of that had to do with the fact that I paid off all of my student loans, all of my credit card debt. I paid off my car and then what was left was my house. And so I ended up paying off the first townhouse that I bought and now it's a free and clear rental property. And because of some things that have happened and some shifts in the economy, the property value on that home went up. The property value of the home that we're living in went up. The property value on my husband's home in Baltimore went up. And, you know, a lot of it had to do with timing. I will admit it had to do with timing. But most of it had to do with the fact that I made great financial decisions. I learned from my mistakes and I planted seeds that started to bloom and continue to bloom to this day. So I know it feels easier said than done when you're listening to someone who is maybe five, six, seven, eight, twenty 20 steps ahead of you. But understand everybody started somewhere. Most of the time we're looking at the highlight reel and not the behind the scenes. That's why it's so important to stay focused on you, to set goals that are going to motivate you. It is okay to have a goal to own a bunch of property and build wealth and take extravagant trips. That's cool if that is your goal. For me, I knew that I wanted to spend my money on what financial freedom. I knew that if I got out of debt, if I invested my money, if I made good choices, I would never have to be in a position to where I tolerated working somewhere or um, you know, having to do things just for money. And I think that was one of the most difficult things for me is because when I would share with certain people that I was paying down debt or even working to pay off my mortgage completely, you know, some people told me I was foolish. You should invest that in other things. But here's the cool thing about setting financial goals. They are yours. You live with them. People will have their opinions about what you do, but you have to live with your choices. Not having any debt and not having a mortgage was my goal. It was personal to me. It was a thing that I was motivated to work towards every day. Now, again, all of this is not advice. It is insight. But just a quick recap. First step, what you going to do? Pull those bank statements. What are you spending your money on? Are you overspending? Make sure you get that snapshot of your finances. And after you look at what you're spending your money on, categorize everything. 
What needs to stay? What needs to go? What can you cut back on? Then the next step, can you allocate the money that you were wastefully spending and use it to pay down debt, save, and invest? If you're not able to do that, how can you create more money? Once you start getting out of debt, saving, and investing, embracing that money mindset that produces financial freedom, you'll have those habits, those behaviors, that mindset to take you a long way. And that wraps up this conversation about money inside this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. Hopefully you found some, if not all, of this information helpful. And I would love for you to keep up with me. Be sure to comment on our Instagram page, or you can even shoot me a DM at mbbpod. Speaking of DMs, it is time for Tell Me More. Now, this is your opportunity to... DM your questions. You can ask me questions about exercise, nutrition, habit change, self-improvement, and I'll do my best to provide you with some actionable insight. This episode's question comes from Shanda from Indianapolis. She writes, Maria, love the podcast so far. I am reaching out because I recently started a fitness program. I gained about 28 pounds during the pandemic, and I am trying my best to get back in shape. My husband, however, is a very fit man and he actually needs to gain weight. So I'm having issues preparing meals for my family because we have different fitness goals. What should I do? First of all, Shanda, I want to congratulate you for taking control of your health and trying to stick to your plan. As a wife and mom of four, I know how difficult it can be to prepare meals for a bunch of different appetites and preferences, if you will. And so one thing that I have done in the past, it helps me because my husband isn't trying to gain weight, but he isn't trying to lose weight either. So there would be times within my fitness journey where I was trying to lean out a little bit. So I was cutting back on carbs, but my husband was still about that pasta and that rice life, you know? So what I would do is I would cook the protein for the whole family and then everyone else would have a different side dish than me. So I may have salad or some grilled vegetables, and then I would let my family have pasta or rice with their protein. I would definitely say start with the protein. Everyone eats the same meat, or if you don't eat meat, maybe it's chickpeas or some other vegan alternative, and then mix and match the carbohydrates. So your husband can still have his rice or his pasta, but then you can have your protein with a salad or some steamed or grilled vegetables. You see what I mean? So hopefully that provides a little bit of relief in your household. And please keep in touch with me and let me know how you're doing getting to the goal. All right, that is a wrap for this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. Thank you once again for joining me. I hope this discussion was helpful and I look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Mind, Body, and Business is an Urban One Incorporated Reach Media production hosted by Maria Moore. Follow Mind, Body, and Business at MBB Pod on all socials. Executive produced by Maria Moore. Supervisory podcast producer, Colby Kolb-Tyner. Sales partnerships, Sam Tatum. Integrated marketing and partnerships, Lori Flowers, Laura Lopez, and Brittany Jackson. Digital marketing, J.R. Davis and Tim Hall. Music produced by Jamal J. Soul Smith. Thank you for listening to the Mind, Body, and Business podcast. <laughs>